Craig Dunkerley here, and welcome to the Beyond Growth Show. I'm here with the always lovely Claudia Harvey. Hey, everybody. How is everyone today? I just wanted to remind you that the Beyond Growth Podcast is a podcast for everyone who wants to increase their wealth. Craig and I are business owners and investors that share insights into building wealth, and we introduce you to expert guests. We use the three pillars of possibility, which include emotional support, business strategy, and financial understanding to help our listeners and viewers with their own personal goals. So I am thrilled to be here today. And Craig, how are you? I'm awesome, Claudia. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. Um, Craig, who is our guest today? So our guest today is actually a returning guest. He's been on the show before, and that is Rory Bloomfield, who is actually joining us for the second time, as I just stated. Rory is now Director of Investor Relations with our own BG Wealth Properties, and he'll be talking about creative financing strategies when acquiring real estate. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. But everyone, please remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels, and please comment and click the bell for any updates to the videos. But before we continue, Claudia, you always like to start off with something positive. Oh, and my positive today is today is Earth Day. And for all the listeners and viewers out there, you can totally appreciate that I love, love, love nature. Um, and Craig and I live in Toronto, which is a frozen tundra of, you know, five to six months of the year. It's not quite that bad, but I love, love springtime. It's my favorite season. And we are now really into spring. We see shoots, you know, coming in the ground. I see warm sunshine. I feel warm sunshine. I can smell the grass even growing. So I'm just thrilled that today is Earth Day and uh, I can't wait to get actually back into gardening. And what yes. about you? Yes, absolutely. Just getting outside is, is wonderful. But, you know, I'd like to share some positives that have occurred in our companies. You know, despite the restrictions of the world is faced with the continuing COVID times, we've been expanding over the last year. And we've actually increased in the past year from, you know, a year ago of this podcast, when we had 17 employees, now 55 employees and still growing as we continue into this year. With the acquisition of SunCare, Digit has expanded offices into Buffalo, USA, and into Brisbane, Australia. That is so exciting. Woo -woo. Yay. Yay for us. That was fantastic growth seen in Digit at the end of the year. But also, we acquired the pizzeria, the Village Pizzeria, that had two locations when we acquired them in December, and now up to five locations. We've added Goderich, our, our flagship store is Owen Sound, and as well, Wyerton. So quite exciting how that business is growing, how the pizzeria is growing, and the feedback as we've gone into the small towns with a new pizzeria has been phenomenal. Everybody loves a pizza. It's fantastic pizza. You got to try one. If you're, if you're on the podcast, you know, check out Village Pizzeria and go try one. You know, they're beautiful pizzas. So, and then on the real estate side, you know, we went into 2020 with 22 units in Owen Sound rental units. 
by the end of the year, we were at 38 units, acquiring a couple more buildings and adding early this year, the Coach Inn, which was built in 1887, was the end of the Freedom Trail in Canada. And that building has having 45 units has put us up to 83 units in Own Sound now. And that's occurred just over the, the last year. So it's really phenomenal to see how everybody in the organization is, is growing, the business is growing. And, you know, in the times we faced last year, you know, there is opportunity to grow and getting down, getting into it and making it happen. You know, it, it's happening. And, you know, going from 17 to 55 employees and continuing to grow the real estate portfolio has uh, is, is been um, phenomenal. Very exciting time. Awesome. Shall we bring Rory on now? Yes, let's do that. Hey, Rory, how are you? Hey, guys, how are you doing? Thank you again good, for joining really us. Good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me back on the show again. Great to be here. I'm yeah, really looking forward to hearing the updates. Yeah, I've been lots, lots of exciting things going on since, um, since the new year and, and look forward to, to talking about it today. So we're talking about investment properties uh, today, Rory. And, you know, what are some of the biggest barriers for individuals looking to acquire an investment property, especially those who have never purchased real estate before? Yeah, you know, I think when I think about it, there's really three main barriers, in my opinion, especially those that have never invested in real estate before. Uh, number one, I think, you know, people generally... Um, don't have uh, enough time. They're constrained by their day jobs or family obligations. So that's a big one. Uh, number two, I think not enough access to deals or people struggle to, to find and locate good deals that are out there. But I think one of the, the biggest things and, and something that I'm kind of, you know, really passionate about is um, not having enough money to close on deals or really uh, not being able to access enough money to close on deals. And I think there's a big distinction there between not having enough money and not sort of understanding how you can access money to further close on a deal. So I think those are the really the three challenges. Yeah, and I would expect even if people do have money to close on, you know, maybe one deal, to do a second, a third, a fourth or more becomes very challenging, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially especially if you really only think that you can go to a traditional bank, which I think is kind of the common perception in terms of how you finance deals, um, that's going to get challenging if you're trying to really scale rapidly and, and continue to acquire, for sure. Right. The banks will only let you go so far, right? Yeah, they'll only let you go so far. And, and uh, you know, especially with commercial, um, you know, if, if, if they'll give you, let's say, 70%, you're expected to come up with 30, you know, on, on a million dollar building, that's $300,000. Um, you know, the average person is probably not sitting on $300,000 uh, in cash to, to close on a deal. So right. can, I, can yeah. I interrupt for two seconds? Cause I'm, I'm a, a person that came into the real estate world through Craig back in 2013 and 14. And I found that there was a whole mindset shift that needed to happen as a quote unquote, regular person earning a living not even understanding that there's opportunities that I could use real estate to my advantage and to my wealth. Do you find that that's a, a big barrier to a lot of people that even understanding what real estate can do for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think a lot of people are sort of intrigued by real estate, and you know, they, they sort of you know anyone that owns it they know is, is successful. But I think there's a barrier that it's too challenging for them to get into it, or there's this fear that you know I don't know how I'm going to be able to do something like this. So I think it's I think you're right. It is a mindset shift to really be able to actually take that leap and and just kind of dive in and and figure out how to get into that space. Yeah, and I I think it's a shame that people have those fears. Obviously, you can understand why, right? Not understanding it, not doing it in the past. But uh, it's well known that real estate has built more wealth than any other industry in the world. So it is something that many people, I agree with you, Rory, are interested in doing. They just don't know how to and are afraid of what they don't know. So how do we help those type of people? I mean, I know how I got into it, and that was specifically speaking to Craig back in the day. So what do, what, how do people start entering into that kind of conversation, Rory? Good question. You know, I think, um, I think a great starting point is to just start by talking to people that, that are in the space, that, that own real estate, you know, whether it's a single family home rental, a duplex, or, or an apartment building, or you know, mixed-use commercial building. Um, I'm sure everyone knows someone, or at least has a connection to someone that owns real estate. And and you know, you got to start somewhere. So I think just talking to people, hey, how did you do it? You know, tell me about the process. Um, you know, that's that's very basic first step. There's great resources out there, like podcasts as well, that you can listen to. Um, you know, like what we're talking about today, that that kind of help you get into that realm. So um, there are some some sort of you know quick resources that you can tap into to at least start to understand the process. Yeah, I I think you're you're 100 there, uh, Rory. Uh, I know when I started investing in real estate, I was 23 years old, and that's exactly what I did. I connected with people that were in the space and buying real estate, and just listened, paid attention, and. And got myself into it. And, you know, a little bit later in this uh, podcast today, I'll talk about our portfolio and what it's grown to. And that all started just by connecting with other people that were doing what I wanted to do. So, and I know you're, you're a little bit modest there, uh, Rory, maybe they could even chat with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they can, they can definitely chat with me, especially, um, well, on, on, on all facets, but I think really, you know, particularly financing, um, you know, as people are looking to scale can be, can be quite challenging. And, and, uh, you know, we've done some pretty interesting things over the last six months and in, in that realm on our so, end. So. so in, in, so let's, let's talk about that in yeah. terms of financing investment properties and in particularly, uh, commercial real estate properties, what's the most common perception in the general public as far as how deals are financed? Yeah. So again, I think, you know, to the average individual, you want to buy a property, a commercial property. Most people probably think, okay, I got to go to a bank, you know, maybe they'll give me 70%, maybe they'll give me 75% of the purchase price. I now have to come up with the remaining roughly 30%. How am I going to do that? And, and I think most people kind of stop there because it's a huge sum of money. You're not sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then, you know, it's just kind of an idea and it gets pushed to the side. And I think that's kind of the general perception as far as not being able to be successful with acquiring. 
Yeah, and I, I think, Rory, as you talk those numbers, 70%, um, as, as we found, been able to get 70% from um, traditional banks in some of our properties, I think for the most part, most people are looking at a maximum of 65 from their banks. I, I think you have to have a really good relationship and experience in the space before a bank will extend to 70 for you. So even more so, you know, that challenge of coming up with 35% plus your closing costs and a number of other things to acquire property, especially in the commercial space. Exactly. It, it, it starts to add up pretty quick. So, um, you know, being able to really close the gap there uh, can be a challenge. Yeah, and it, but it is possible, right? You know, you've been working in this space for some time now and built some fantastic relationships with, with different lenders and, and different ways of financing a property. So let's just step back a little bit. You know, if someone doesn't have the required down payment or is struggling to get bank financing, what are some of the creative financing strategies that can be pursued? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's where, um, you know, that, that's what's what a lot of people don't fully understand is, is how to access these types of uh, mediums to close on deals. Um, you know, so even something like uh, what's referred to as vendor takebacks or seller financing is a big one. <clears throat> so that just means that um, you can request the seller of the property to leverage part of their equity in the property to um, to make up part of that 20 or 30 or 35 percent down payment portion, which is going to reduce how much you have to come up with to close on the deal. So, you know, vendor take back or seller financing is certainly a big one. Um, and, you know, even leveraging private lenders. So uh, whether it's for a first mortgage or whether to help you supplement um, uh, to close a deal on, on a second mortgage. Uh, there's a lot of private lenders out there that, that love lending to real estate. And I think that's probably a bit of an untapped resource. As so well. can I, can I just really, really hone in on this? So again, I'm, I'm in the real estate world, obviously now with Craig, but I didn't even know that these terms vendor take back and seller financing even existed. I think so many people don't have a clue that they can actually ask the seller to use um, a funding mechanism to help you buy that property. So talk about that a little bit more. We're like delve into that. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent, Claudia. I think most people don't even know that this concept exists quite frankly. And it's, um, you know, it, it, it's 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 a great opportunity to to really not only try and you know purchase a property, but get favorable terms in the process or help you with that that down payment. Um, you know, and it's also a great deal for the seller because it enables them to uh, sell the property. And the nature of of a vendor takeback or seller financing is that they're also um, charging you a, a, a interest on the, the money that you're leveraging from them. So it's it's a win-win. It reduces your upfront costs. They get to sell the property as well as earn a little bit of additional interest um, on that leverage as well. And to be honest, I think it's just a matter of approaching the conversation. You know, when you're looking to buy a building, hey, would you be interested in entertaining or you know, would you entertain a vendor take back? People probably don't even ask the question, uh, mostly because they don't know that the concept exists. Right. And and banks know about this, right? Like banks 
understand vendor takebacks, correct? Banks understand uh, vendor takebacks. Um, there, there are some stipulations there in terms of, um, you know, how how big of a vendor takeback they will likely allow a seller to do, um, but they are aware of them. Yeah, and you know that's where I just wanted to touch base uh, to as well, Rory. Uh, talking about traditional banks compared to private and private lenders, what I found very interesting in some of our recent acquisitions is using the traditional bank. They would let us, you know, at 65, 70 percent financing from them, they would only let us go 10 percent, maybe 15 percent on a vendor takeback, and we still had to come up with the rest. But what I found very interesting in some of the recent acquisitions and how you finance them with private lenders is that private lenders, they actually liked having that vendor take back and they were more comfortable with a larger vendor take back as well to a point of financing almost complete buildings. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the key differences between using a private lender for a first mortgage and using a bank. You know, a bank is not going to let you go to that sort of financing threshold um, where you can finance a property almost 100%, whereas with a private lender, they're not it's an individual. They're not bound by, you know, regulatory bodies that banks are. And so, you know, in some instances, you can secure 100% financing on a deal using uh, a private lender and a vendor take back. Right. They're more open to flexibility and, and creative ways of doing the financing, right? Correct. Very nice. So how do people go about tapping into these various mediums that are out there in an effort to acquire commercial real estate? Like, what does it really take? You know, going into your traditional bank is one thing, maybe getting a small vendor take back once you understand that and work with a, a seller. But how do they move into these other areas that really allow you to build uh, a larger portfolio of real estate and, and you know, acquire and, and build wealth? Yeah, I think, you know, getting connected with with private lenders, um, uh, again, I think there's a perception that maybe, well, that's difficult. You really have to have good connections. And, you know, to an extent, it is a, a relationship game. But I think any anyone can be a private lender. You know what I mean? Anyone that has money can really lend on real estate. And I think actually real estate is one of the most attractive assets to lend to, um, because it's it's you've got uh, you've got certainty in terms of having a physical asset if things don't go well. So your uncle, your cousin, anyone can really be a private lender. Um, it's just a matter of of approaching people, you know. And then there's there's resources like mortgage brokers, for example. They tend to have a lot of good private lending um, relationships because it's the space that they work. And as well. So I think it's just a matter of asking around. Yeah, I, I like how you bring that that discussion to this uh, podcast, Rory. Many people just think about, okay, I want to invest in real estate. And to invest in real estate, I'm buying uh, a property. But that's not necessarily just the case. Yeah, that's traditional real estate investing. But when you flip to the private lending side of it, as you said, it could be your uncle, could be your brother, could be your sister, whoever can lend to you to buy real estate. And, you know, that's a, that's a still investing in real estate, but you're doing it not as an owner, a landlord, 
or what have you, you're doing it as somebody who actually lends to the property. And, and as you do that, I, I like what you say, because I believe very strongly in real estate. I've always believed in bricks and mortars being one of the best places to invest my money. And being a lender, you're lending against those bricks and mortar, which as you say, is a solid building. It's there and you can do more with it, right? So I, I like how you bring that yeah. side to invest into investing in real estate uh, in this uh, in this podcast. Can, Many people I, don't see that or realize that either. Can I just add something to that? Um, and I say this from my business understanding. When we're talking about private lending and you're going to your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, your brother, et cetera, it's still legal. It's still a legal document. It's still not something like, hey, Joe, can I borrow $20,000 and you can be my private lender? And it's done over you know, a case of beer. It's not that casual. It is still a very a thought thought out process and making sure that everybody understands the um, implications and ramifications of it. And that's something that you can definitely talk to, Lori. I mean, you have a vast amount of people now that are private lenders that has helped us in our real estate acquisitions, but we're always looking for other people and, and interested parties, right? And as you're expanding your network, again, it's, it's talking to the right people and, and just starting that communication, right? Yeah, exactly. Again, I think networking is is huge, especially on the lending side of things. And you know, you're you're right. It's it's not a casual process. Um, it 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 can be you know it can be complex. But I think again, I think breaking down this barrier of well, how am I going to come up with you know thirty percent on a million or two million dollars? Um, I just think there's this perception that it's it's extremely difficult. To be able to secure money for something like purchasing real estate, and I believe personally that um, uh, finding finding the money is not necessarily the hard part. It's finding the good deal. I think if you have the good deal, the money will will come. Um, and so, you know, I think it's it's really just about putting yourself out there and 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 having those conversations. Right. And I I think when you say the money will come, uh, you've built numerous relationships over the past year, Rory, that have, you know, started to approach you for deals now, right? They want more, right? How can you, how can we finance more for you? So uh, when you say the money will come, I agree with that, but you've put a lot of legwork into building those relationships that are now watching what you're doing, what BG's doing to acquire properties and expressing more interest. But I just want to touch on something, you know, I've always talked about acquiring real estate. That's what I love to do. It's always been my passion is what we do in BG. And there's, there's great money to be made in that when it's done correctly. But I don't think people realize how much can actually be made on the private lending side as well. You know, private lending can be anywhere from uh, 8% returns annually, 9, 10, even up as high as 16 compounded. So there is money to be made on the private lending side with actually without actually being an owner of a property as well. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't feel bad for our private lenders. Yet. That's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, for they, sure. That they're doing they're doing quite well, and you know that's where I say it, it, it's a good deal for both. But I think people people are looking to place their money, and and you know we've talked a lot about the stock market, which is quite uh, volatile. It's not necessarily performing the best. The banks are not going to give you anything on on money right now. Um, so I think private lending is you know people are looking to put their money out in these types of arrangements. 
right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it brings around, you know, we started off this conversation with, you know, so many people want to invest in real estate, but they're unsure. They have a fear. They haven't done it. You know, connecting with, with someone uh, like yourself and, and learning about it is, is a great first step. But private lending is also possibly a space where you can get into investing in real estate without getting into the ownership of property necessarily right away and kind of get your feet wet and start to see what's going on, get connected, do small deals and grow them into something bigger over time. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you could certainly go about it that way. You know, if you want to get into real estate, you have a friend who's buying a property, you have some money, but you want to just kind of tiptoe, you could lend and kind of work alongside them and, and understand the process and then go and, and try and do it yourself. Right. Sure. Right. Start with something, right? At least start, do something, start with something, and then you can build from there. And, you know, it, it's really amazing how fast real estate can grow and a portfolio can grow. So, so Rory, um, where can people reach you if they want to find out more about property investing, more about uh, private lending, uh, any, any upcoming projects uh, that we've got on the go? Yeah, for sure. So they can always visit our website, uh, bdwellproperties.com. They can reach out to me directly, uh, Rory, at bdwellproperties.com. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of exciting projects. We've got another you know, two properties that are under contract right now. Um, and uh, we're expanding quite rapidly and, and um, you know, always happy to talk to people about, about how we're doing it and We've got some great opportunities uh, right now. So, excellent, awesome. Well, thank you, Rory. Um, I think it's uh, it's been really, really nice having you on, and a whole different perspective on how to grow your money in the real estate world without just buying um, your own properties, but also the private lending side, which is, I think, really new to a lot of people. So, awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for having me on again. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rory. So we always close our podcast with a quote and a quiz time. So who said this? If you would know the value of money, go and try and borrow some. Who said that? Ding, ding, ding. It was Benjamin Franklin a long, long time ago. A long, long time ago. So everybody, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the notification bell to get updates on our latest podcast. And it's been an absolute pleasure having everybody join us today. And thank you so much, Rory and Craig. Thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Rory. We'll catch you next time.